Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 35. We are looking at John chapter 14, verses 1 through 24. All right. All right, Carolyn. What is uh, what is it about your home that makes it feel like home to you? Hmm. You mean like particular spots? Or... It could be a spot. It could okay. be a piece of furniture. Yes. Well, this is just a general feeling. I do like my home to be neat. Like okay. I, it would not feel like home if it was messy all the time. Like that is a restoring things to order brings peace to my heart. <laughs> so that is just a general uh, quality of my home. But there is... I, I do have a, a specific piece of furniture in my bedroom. Okay. I call it the book chair because it's an upholstered chair that has fabric. It's like shelves of books. It was my grandpa's. My okay. grandpa who owned a publishing company and a bookstore. It was his chair. When he passed away, um, I was able to get it. And so that is my morning chair. That's where I sit and spend time with God in the morning, sometimes in the evenings too. So okay. that book chair, I, I would... and it. It is not a fabric I would pick out like <laughs> right, right. on my own, but that, so that's it, but it is very important to me and has that great sentimental value. Okay. All right. We, we have a chair too, but it's not a book chair. It's no. a sleeping chair. It's like, it's like you, um, whoever, you know, when people come over, whoever sits in that chair, they with just it, yeah, asleep. they just fall asleep can, because yes. it's such a big chair. It's deep and it, it kind of hugs you. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that makes it feel like. Uh, home for me. Uh, Tanya and I fight over it. Uh, who gets in it first? Uh, Do you have to set a timer so that well, you each no. get your turn? So by the time I come home, because she gets off work at five, she's already sitting in the chair. Okay. So um, there are days where, you know, I'll ask her to, would you go get me something? And and then, and then I get in the chair. In? <laughs> that's Whoa, <right. laughs> that's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it works. So, um, so it's, it, so why are we talking about chairs and homes and those kinds of things? Well, this passage <clears throat> that we're looking at today, uh, John 14, it really is about um, either feeling at home or not feeling at home. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus actually helping us to know that, man, he is going someplace and he's preparing a home for us where we will feel more uh, at home. So what, what did you, what, what have you noticed in yeah. this passage? What did you see in this passage that really resonated? Well, I love right off the bat that Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Um, if we think of where we have been in these last few episodes, they're still at the dinner table and Jesus <laughs> is telling them some hard things. Yeah. Their minds are spinning. He says he's leaving. They can't come. He, he says someone's going to betray him. He's just said that Peter's going to deny him. And, and I love that Jesus is sensitive to where <laughs> they it. are and how they're, how they're processing this. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. He recognizes, Hey, I know this is hard. Yeah. This is hard things. And, yeah. but the believe in God, believe also in me. There's our word. Yep. Believe. Yep. Yeah. The answer to that, don't get worked up in the anxiety of it. The worry, the wondering what, what ifs and how is this going to play out? Believe in God. Believe that Jesus is who he is. And all that we have learned about who he is through this book of John, those are the things that to hold on to when the questions are popping up. I, I love that you drew that out, the context. Context is everything, right? Um, why would Jesus say something like that? And you 
did a great job in just reminding us where we've been and why they would be troubled. Why would he even have to say something? This is like the, the very first thing in this chapter. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And the fact that you gave us the context of why they would be troubled mm-hmm. is, um, is, is perfect. And I, I love the fact you, again, you mentioned that Jesus is so attentive to where they might, uh, where their hearts might be. And so I, I love that. And, and, and he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, to my father's house where there are many rooms. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and he says, if it were not so, I would have told you. So he's going to prepare a place um, for his disciples. And um, so they, they could feel like home. So they will be connected to him and, uh, and not feel like orphans and not feel like they are alone and by themselves. And so, so even Jesus is taking care of their hearts regarding being troubled, but he's also looking forward, uh, looking into the future, saying, I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going someplace, and it's necessary for me to go. Because if I don't go, I won't be able to prepare the place where we'll be together forever. So yeah. um, he's he's meeting some very strong emotional needs. They might and have. and I like how he's raising their minds to an eternal perspective. Like yeah. what is happening right now is confusing. Yeah, <laughs> but right, right. let's think about this from an eternal perspective. What is happening right now is challenging, is confusing, but it's not forever. Like yeah. the forever part. Yeah. That's coming, and it and it's an amazing place. There's plenty of room. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be, and and I'm going to be coming back. Like he gives them some great assurance that, yep, I understand that things are confusing right now, but let's raise our eyes to that more to an eternal perspective, and, and focus on that. Yeah, you 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 said something that I think is important, um, and it's 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 a both and, right? Yeah. I think sometimes we can become, as they say, so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. Um, we're thinking about heaven all the time and we can't, and we don't live here. Uh, but, but I think you're, you're drawing out something that says it's a both and it is, I'm living on this earth. I will experience all kinds of trouble, pain, betrayal, denial, all of those things. My identity will be questioned. I will question my own identity, but, but while I'm on earth, I can actually take my thinking to mm-hmm. another place and have a different perspective and bring that perspective into the darkness, bring it into the betrayal yeah. and and recognize that, number one, Jesus is with me. He's calling me to a different place, not only eventually in heaven, but he's even calling me to a different place emotionally um, as I deal with some of these things. I Again, the you're drawing that out is a both and and not an either or, I think is really, is yeah. really cool. Because so. for sure, there is danger. I mean, the last thing someone who's going through a, a hard time wants to hear from someone is, well, let's just focus on the eternal right. perspective. Exactly. Like, exactly. That is the opposite of helpful. And, and we wouldn't want to do that even to ourselves, to deny the feelings, the reality of a hard thing we're going through. So it is both. It is, yes, this future... This eternal perspective is true, and what I'm experiencing is hard. The yeah. both and. Yes, yeah, so. absolutely. What what else what else stood uh, stood out to you? Well, we have a big I am statement okay. from Jesus yep. in verse six. Um, also, give a little shout out to Thomas. He often gets a hard rap. It's just <laughs> called the doubting Thomas, but yep. he has good questions. Yep, he does. Uh, so, and this is one of them. He's like, "Okay, Lord, um, we don't know where you're going. 
how can we know the way? He sa- he teased this up for one of the most important <laughs> verses in all of the Bible, yep. right? <laughs> he does. And so then Jesus' answer, I am the way. I'm going to add in the I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He is all those things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Those are big statements that Jesus is making there. Um, and I, and it, so in response to Thomas's question, how can we know the way Thomas is thinking like a map, right? Right. Like, okay, so where are you going? How can we know the way? And Jesus says, mm, I'm not talking about, you know, traveling a distance on a map, the way I'm talking about the eternity, uh, eternity, I am the way. This is not about knowing facts or directions. It's knowing Christ. Yeah. I love that. <coughs> Excuse me. This is, again, if, if you're thinking about geography, you'll miss the spiritual nature of this. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. You'll miss the spiritual nature of this. And, um, and this can easily be looked at as... <clears throat> This is such a narrow way that there are, aren't there multiple ways to God as opposed to Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life? Yeah. And so how, how would we respond to someone who says there are many ways to God? Right. And that for sure is a common belief in our culture. And it yeah. seems like a kind thing to say, yeah. like, oh, it's not the way it's a way but jesus says i am the way that very specific article <laughs> uh it he is the way and and you can't um hold to what all of scripture says and not believe that jesus is the way like you you really cannot say it's all the ways it, it buddha is a way uh yeah. you know the muslim beliefs are a way that that it doesn't, I mean, this statement right here, Jesus says, nope, I am the way. And so you have, it is an exclusive statement, but to believe the Bible, you have to believe that that is. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just not a, um, you know, you, you look in our culture, it's just not a politically correct way to think about this. Yeah. And Jesus sets himself apart um, from every other entity and, um, and, no one else has died and rose again from the dead. Mm-hmm. So there is a reason for the exclusivity because there's no one like him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there is no one who has done what he's done. And so there's this sense where, yeah, there's, this is an exclusive way. And he's the one that gives um, the, the way to God the truth about God and life in God. And yeah. so, um, so I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a hard one to talk about for some people and hard to receive. Um, but if we're going to believe the scripture and, and believe the one who rose again, then we, as you mentioned, we do have to uh, hold to Jesus being the exclusive way uh, to God. And I mean, that's another phrase our culture uses a lot is, well, it's my truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have my truth, you have your truth, like, and that seems... Speak you know, your truth. Oh, yes, yeah, speak <laughs> your truth. But Jesus, again, is saying, 
the way, the truth, and the truth we know is is from Scripture. It, and how do we know? Um, how are we going to know what that truth is? I mean, I think I think the answer to that is the truth of the gospel. When we are meditating, applying on that, applying the truth of Scripture, it also looking later, verse seventeen, um, Jesus says that there's another, well, in 16, he says there's another counselor who's coming. He is the spirit of truth. Yeah. So we as, as believers have both the scripture and the Holy spirit, and we can walk in step with the spirit as Paul says. So that is how we can know the way, the truth and experience that full abundant life. Um, Jesus gives us the tools. Yeah. And we, we cannot stress enough um, that, if, if you have biblical truth and your truth, um, your truth should align with biblical truth, not switch, not switch it around. Yeah. That your truth, um, put it up against what God says and, and let God be right and my truth be, be wrong. So if you have, if, if you've developed a truth about your, um, you know, your relationships, um, or developed a truth about sex, um, then we have to actually go back to what you're saying. Go back. What does the Bible say about um, sex before marriage, or sex in marriage, or what does the Bible say about money? What does the Bible say about career? What does the Bible say about me being a father and uh, and a husband, or you being a wife and a mother? What does the Bible say about that? And mm-hmm. then. I bring my life in alignment with that, and the Spirit will give us the power to live that out. Because we can, we can honestly say that that there are days where it's it's hard to live the truth of what it means to be a Christian, especially in this world in which we live. We're ridiculed and we're laughed at, rejected because we believe certain things. And so, um, I, I we, again can't stress enough your truth must be aligned uh, to um, to God's truth and biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And so... And, um, and, that w- and the way we know God's truth is because we are in it. Yeah. We are reading it. We are studying it. We are meditating on it. Um, I mean, you could fall, and this would not be uh, appropriate to say, okay, so here is an, a belief I have, so I'm going to go find a verse to tag on it. <laughs> right, right. To, so then it, so then the Bible, the Bible said it, right? Right. If, if we're, because we can very easily misinterpret, pull things out of context, we've referenced that in previous episodes, there, there is a quite a, I mean, there can be quite a bit in scripture that's confusing in and of itself in an isolated uh, context. But if you are looking at it in the whole of scripture, um, or even just the context of the book that you're reading in, sometimes that's going to give you enough clarity. That's what we mean by the truth and aligning your, your truth it must start from what the Bible says yeah, and what all the, what the Bible says. So th- this, this, these statements that Jesus makes in, um, that he makes in 14, the early part of 14, it really caused a, a stir mm-hmm. because you have questions and then you have Philip making a statement. Like he said, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. So kind of go back up to, uh, to verse six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, um, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip says, like, 
Lord, show us the Father. We, we don't know who he is, and it'll be enough for us. You don't have to say, you won't have to say anything else. And then, and then Jesus stuns them again mm-hmm. with another truth that, um, that probably, I believe, rocked their worlds. What, what does Jesus say to Philip? Yeah. In, uh, in, verse one, in verse 9, he says, The one who has seen me has seen the Father. So that's when you see me, when you, all that you have seen of me, all that you've experienced of me, all for us that we have read about, about Jesus, that is who God is. God or Jesus reflects the character of God. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like, that is, again, one of those things that it's like, like Jesus says, you've been with me all this time and what you've seen me do healing and loving and caring and being compassionate, being a, a loving shepherd, that's exactly what the Father mm-hmm. would do. So so what what are some ways? Let me ask, just this is you know kind of kind of for fun. What are some ways if someone looked at you and say they would say, either looked at you, watched the way you kind of live your life and walk and talk and that sort of thing. Um what what attributes would they say oh you you are Suzanne Kriegel's daughter or Ron Kriegel's daughter okay this is one of those weird I don't know if this is genetic or not but my dad and I itch our nose the same way (laughs) do you really yeah and it well apparently it's unusual and this is an audio so great I I can't demonstrate (laughs) I will tell you, if you ever see my dad, it just knows that's how I do it. Or if you see okay. me and it, and it uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. All that, right. Is, that is one. And I mean, clearly he did not teach me to do that, but right. that is something that we have in common. Okay. And how that's, we eternos. our nose. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so again, there, there's this point, um, that, um, uh, we, we had a guest over on Sunday and, um, he was, uh, you know, he's looking at all of our pictures and, he said, whoa, you have strong genes because he looked at the kids and saw that all the kids looked a lot like me. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think this is kind of what Jesus is getting at with Philip is that there should be a resemblance, a resemblance. God, Jesus is saying, I have a resemblance of the Father, and what you've seen me do, that's what the Father does. And I, I think the same way, even our resemblance to Jesus, what Jesus does is the same thing that we should be doing as well. So when someone looks at us, they would say, man, you look just like one of God's kids hmm. because of the way you love, mm-hmm. going back to our previous yeah. episode, yep. the way you love, the way you show compassion, the way you forgive. Um, so I, I think there's something to this whole resemblance thing, not only in the physical, yeah. but I think also in the spiritual. Yeah, that's powerful. That is good. That is really good. Uh, there, There's so much <laughs> in these verses. <laughs> right. I, I hate to skip over some things, but uh, jumping down to verse 21. Okay. Um, I like this verse, and I also think it can be potentially confusing. So I'm going to read it. It says, the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Now, I think a way you might misinterpret this verse would be to say, oh, 
So God loves us more when we obey him or right. that, that he loves us differently based on our obedience. And that is not what Jesus is saying. What is he saying here? So I made a note. I might, maybe was quoting you from a sermon. I don't know. I don't know who it is, but in my, the margin, but I thought this is really good. Our obedience, it doesn't um, earn us love, but what it does, it gives God more opportunity to demonstrate his love mm, for us. Yeah, I like that. And then connecting it to Deuteronomy ten thirteen, where it says his commands are for our good. When we walk in God's ways, that gives him opportunity to show us more love because yeah, that's actually the best way to live. And you're going to experience more of that abundant life when we are walking in obedience. Yeah. I, 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 man, I, that, that is, uh, and I, I can't, I don't know if I said that or not, but it sounded good. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll take credit for it. All right, so. There we go. <laughs> um, I, I like that it, you know, in terms of giving God a chance to express his love, um, the last part of the verse is, um, and manifest myself to him. Mm-hmm. So, so one, sometimes all we need is really a manifestation of God's presence, that God is with, with us. us. And, and he is going to show himself that way when we live a life of obedience, is that he shows himself in ways that we could not imagine, uh, whether it's comfort, whether it's through something supernatural um, or whether it's through, you know, someone showing up and just bringing words of comfort to us. I think there's something to, when we're obedient, um, there is something about feeling the presence of God, that he is with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think even when we sin, and we've all felt this, when we sin, we feel a distance from God. There's distance it's like a, a wall or a wedge, and that's the reason yeah. John says, First uh, John, he wrote that as well, to confess our sins, and he is, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And so that brings us back into fellowship with God, where we feel the closeness of God, we feel the presence of God. And so I think this sense of obedience, there's something significant. I wish we had more time to delve into, into that deeper. Uh, something you, 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 you've drawn out, that obedience connects us to God in a way that, um, that reveals who he is. So, yeah. 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 There, there's a lot of good in this chapter, but we do need to wrap up. Yeah. So what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from this passage? I think what we can believe about God is, is, um, he's preparing a place for us. Mm. Um, and we can, we can trust what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to leave us as orphans. Um, he'll return for us. Absolutely. Yeah. That, is, that is really good news. And, and for ourselves, I think just that idea of pursuing truth. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, well, that's it. Yeah. That knowing him is what I want to be about. Um, and understanding that way, that truth, that life. And then that's demonstrated in my obedience in in how I love others. So cool good, conversation. Good, good stuff. Well, friends, thank you for listening. We encourage you to have a spiritual conversation of your own this week.